Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here with you today on my brand new program. So thank you for joining in this morning. It is called Fanning the Flames, and I'm going to be with you every first Friday of every month with Fanning the Flames. And I have two amazing guests here this morning, um, and I'll introduce the first one in just a minute. But I wanted to talk um, a little bit about the program it's the emphasis will always be on the Holy Spirit. And um, at this stage right now, what I'm doing is focusing on gifts of the Holy Spirit, charisms of ho- the Holy Spirit. And we're going to highlight people who are particularly gifted in different areas, just everyday people, and share their stories of how the Holy Spirit moves um, in the way that they have been gifted. And today, uh, because we're on the heels of Thanksgiving, we're on the heels of Giving Tuesday, um, Christmas is in front of us, which is the time of the Heavenly Father's greatest gift to us, His Son Jesus. I thought it would be an appropriate time to focus on the charism of giving. Um, So... I think we will go ahead and dive right in. And I would uh, like to introduce my very first guest, who is Judith McNutt, and she is the founder and the current president of Christian Healing Ministries, which is in Jacksonville, Florida. So welcome, Judith. Oh, thank you, Kathleen. It's wonderful to be on your program. Thank you. It's so nice to have you here, Judith. I, I want to tell our listeners that um, a little bit, Judith, about our connection. Years ago, mm-hmm. a- actually uh, a number of years ago, I was introduced to materials and to your training programs. And so I have been very blessed to learn a lot more about healing through Christian Healing Ministries and the work that you and your husband, Francis, have done over the years. I was especially privileged to, uh, a number of years ago, be able to uh, interview both of you for my doctoral dissertation. And uh, we are today going to share some of those stories. So as be- before Judith um, tells a little bit about herself, I just want to share a couple things about her. Um, she and her husband, Francis, did co-found Christian Healing Ministries back in 1980. And as I said before, the ministry is in Jacksonville, Florida. And Judith is one of the most extraordinary teachers that I have ever encountered. And we have a story about that a little later, right, Judith? 
<laughs> and, and Judith is also a psychotherapist, and she'll tell you a little bit about her journey there. And she's a writer, so some of you may be interested in the books she has written or co-written. One that I thought was particularly amazing was called Praying for Your Unborn Child. So if there are any of the listeners out there that are pregnant or, or maybe a grandma-to-be, um, that's a wonderful book, as well as, Judith, you've written about angels, right? Yes. 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 She's got two books, Angels mm-hmm. Are For Real and Encountering Angels, and those are both wonderful, too. So, Judith, I'll quit talking, and I'll let you dive in and introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about you. Well, I think you said most of it. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can do I the know. wife and mother part. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm just blessed and honored to, to have been the wife of Francis McNutt. Uh, the Lord brought us together in Jerusalem in 1975 uh, when he was a speaker at a large conference on the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. And we met and married five years later. That sounds simple, but it was quite a journey, that five years. And then we had two children, uh, Rachel and David, uh, about 20 months apart. A couple years after we married, we started having children. And uh, they're now just the light of my life. You know, Francis went to heaven last year. And so we continue to work at Christian Healing Ministries, and it's thriving and, and going on and sharing the great legacy that he left with us through his books and teachings, and just that extraordinary gift of love. I was incredibly blessed to be married to him, share my life and ministry with him. So, I'm like you said, I'm president of CHM and director of the ministry there. I, I do travel and lecture, and we're currently working. This might be something your listeners would be interested in. We have all the events at CHM, of course, uh, on healing and the training through our schools of healing prayer. And we're currently working on a, a prayer app that people will be able to have actually on their phone. That, oh, that- no matter where they are. I know, it's it's very That's exciting. wonderful. Yeah, you know, my son is in film, and uh, he's putting it together uh, along with a company. He's designing it, and we're currently writing all the prayers that will go on it, and we'll read the prayers, and we'll have scripture. So we're very, that's kind of our latest project, aside from everything else we're doing. So it's a, what I always say about CHM. Kathleen, is it's, it's a wonderful resource for people who want to grow in the Holy Spirit, their faith, their understanding of the Holy Spirit and Jesus and healing and God the Father. It's, just, it's a wonderful resource. You so, know, Ju- Judith, I... I I I can certainly witness to that with my experience, you know, early on through, we were laughing when we were talking the other day, I think I probably had a set of tapes for your level one. Uh, It goes back a while, but I also was very blessed to come down to Jacksonville for level three. And you you have an amazing team, Judith. I was very impressed. And so you've... Yeah, we really do. 
you've helped me grow in my faith and in um, understanding the Holy Spirit on a deeper level. So it's an amazing yeah. blessing, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, Judith, should we dive in? And do you want to start telling a little bit about your own faith journey? You know, like early faith formation in your home, those sorts of things. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I grew up in, you know, a, a family, loving, very loving, close-knit family in eastern Kentucky. Uh, I, the town I lived in called Jackson was about 1,200 people, and I've always said it was like a large extended family. You know, I had so many mothers and fathers. And <laughs> no matter where I went, somebody would feed me or pray with me or give me, you know, or fellowship. You know, so I, I it was kind of like an Andy Griffith type, you know, town that everybody was very loving and very Christian. You know, when I look back yes. on it now, I realized it was such a wonderful place to to grow in my faith and then wisdom and maturity. Uh, I still love going back there. Uh, but anyway, my mother especially uh, believed that... I've always said it wasn't just she believed in God. She really... She read the Bible and she accepted the words of Jesus. She accepted the commission to pray for the sick. You know, like in the book yes. of James, it talks about anointing and praying for the sick. She really believed that. So I grew up in a home where I saw my mother praying with people in the dining room usually, and they were healed. They they would experience healing. And we wow. didn't have names for the types of healing like we do now, like inner healing and all that. Yeah. But she would pray. I remember one of our uh, neighbors had cancer, and she prayed, and, and the boy was healed. And... She always put me into people's homes, like if someone uh, was sick or if someone lost a husband or a wife or a child, if they had a fire, you know, she would take my clothes and my toys and my brothers <laughs> and give them away. And I was like, oh, please don't take that doll, you know, but she she just had this sense. <laughs> she had this sense of just living the way we were told to live. and. It wasn't yes. a big deal. She didn't call herself holy. She's a very normal person, you know, but just I realize now she had a great gift of faith and a great gift of love. So I witnessed this this uh, power of God early on, the power yes. of the Holy Spirit, like coming and anointing. And it was just extraordinary. And, of course, she taught us and took us to church and taught us the Bible and it just, I look back on that now, and I think how rich that childhood was to have, uh, especially her. My father was not as verbal, but he, he was a lovely person, and it grew up with parents that really shaped and formed him. But he, he was, you know, he worked and provided for the family and was I'm a blue-collar worker, you know, He uh-huh. and he just loved her, and they loved each other. And so, but then, you know, the, the terrible thing is, and I see this now with uh, millennials, as we call them, by the time I got to college where I studied psychology, all of that was threatened. All of that uh-huh. was, uh, it, it just, and I know you know this because you've got a doctorate, the more 
the more you go in higher education, God is put to the side so much. And so I didn't have the formation in those college years from professors or, of course, it wasn't a, a Christian university. Uh-huh. Uh, but I remember I took a course in religions, and boy, they really went after Christianity in such a negative way. And I ended up trying to defend my faith at a very young age, and of course I didn't have the, the tools or the theology then. But, but you know, the Lord was with me, and I, I look back on those years, and now I see just how God protected me in so many ways but also gave me what I needed to do what he's called me to today. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's amazing um, looking at your journey, isn't it, as you look back on it? Yes, yes. Yes. Your your mother, you just grew up with just such a natural sense of healing is what the Lord does. Yes. Yeah. Well, I I was healed. I must have been eight, eight or nine, of really life-threatening asthma. Uh, And I was healed through the laying on of hands by my mother and one other man. And I I had remarkable healings, just remarkable healings. And it even, it just the faith, you know, Jesus, even in the reading this morning in the Magnificat, you and I shared, we read that. It was yes. uh, the healing of the two blind men, and and Jesus asked them, "Do you have the faith? Do you believe I can do this?" Yeah, and they said yes, and of course they were both healed. So that, when you see that, it's so extraordinary. That is really an important aspect, is it? Isn't it? I mean that mm-hmm. that faith, that openness, that the Lord can heal. He still heals today. Um, yes. So, so important. And that's that's yes. my hope, Judith, even as you share more stories today, that um, others who may not really know that deeply, you know, that did not grow oh. up like you did, uh, would come to understand that at a deeper level. It's so, uh, yeah. you, you were blessed indeed, uh, you know, and I know you've told me more stories about your mother, and she just sounded like an amazing woman of the Lord. You had amazing grounding. She really was. Early on. Yes. Yes, and, and of course, that prepared you to launch into your ministry really later. Um, so even the college years didn't distract too terribly, but I'm glad you shared that that part too, because I think that's very prevalent today. You know, with um, our statistics show that with our college students, they go in with good, good Christian values and end up on the other end mm-hmm. um, not so much. Yeah. Well, Judith, um, mm-hmm. we'll be right back with you, and we'll talk a little bit about um, your psycho, uh, your your work as a psychotherapist, and the power of prayer. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Uh, so we'll talk with you soon. Stay, stay with us here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. We're here on Real Presence Live this morning, fanning the flames with Judith McNutt here in beautiful Rapid City, South Dakota, out at Terra Sancta Retreat Center. Um, Judith is going to tell us a little bit more about her experience as a psychotherapist and um, a little more about the power of prayer in that experience. So take it away, Judith. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you know, the, the training I had was very clinical, and there's no mention of God. And I think that the faith that I talked about earlier just combined with the training that I received, the tools uh, to help people. I moved to, to Boston and uh, worked in, in two different hospitals. There was a third that was some consulting, but it, what I noticed was over a period of time, I had a, I, we had a great staff, but there was, there was really no Christians uh, on the staff. I was kind of always called myself the token Christian. And I had to just be be careful because it was such a clinical environment, which it should be, you know, in terms of they, they had serious problems coming in, you know, mental yes. illness and suicide and clinical depression and bipolar and schizophrenia. I mean, it was, it was uh, a lot of uh, the, the patients were just from depression all the way to serious mental illness. And 
people were very confused anyway and hallucinating and things. So, you know, to talk about God or religion was kind of difficult to introduce there. Yes, I'm but sure. But anyway, I, 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 yeah, I kind of reached the point, though, after a couple of years that I, I, of course, I prayed for my patients always, not with them. But I remember this one time, this one young man uh, who was suffering so deeply from clinical depression. Uh, his wife had left him. She'd had an affair and left him, and he he could not accept it, and he just sank deeper and deeper. And, and depression's like that. I call it like a slippery slope. And I know people listening can identify with this if they've ever suffered from depression. It starts out as just kind of a bad mood and just a lack of interest in life. And uh-huh. that slippery, if you don't take care of it, yes. it can get very serious over time to where it, it gets so dark, it's hard, you can't get out of it on your own. So anyway, we had this young man, and he was uh, probably in his 30s, struggling with clinical depression, and he somehow managed to get a gun, and I don't know if someone brought it to him. I don't know if he had it in his car, and he took his own life uh, on the hospital grounds, and of course, there was an investigation and all that, and I was just struck. It just was too, you know, I couldn't accept it. I just thought... How did we lose him? And, of course, I was Mm. younger than he was. But I went home back to my my place there in Brookline, outside part of Boston. Mm -hmm. And I got on my just face before God, and I said, this is serious work. You know, this is Mm -hmm. these people's lives were in our hands. And I said, I don't know what to do. You know, if you're a potter. You drop a pot, you can recast it and yeah, reshape yeah. it. But a human, a human wow. life, and I wasn't sure if I was not called so much, but just am, am I competent to deal with this? Mm. And how do we help people, Lord? And I'll never forget what he said, Kathleen. It was I heard him so clearly. That little voice inside. He said, uh, "Bring them to me." Mm. I'll never forget the words he used. He said, bring them to me. He said, wow. I created them. Mm. I, I love them. I know them. Only I can heal them. And then he gave me Isaiah 61 to read. And I read that. And, of course, wow. it's, it's the prophetic words of Isaiah about the coming Messiah, which Jesus himself quoted in the synagogue in Luke 4. And it says, you know, the Spirit of God is on me. Mm. That's the Holy Spirit. And he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captive free, you know, to make them oaks of righteousness. And I read that, and it was like I was reading it for the first time, even though I'd read it many times in the past. And he said, this is what I will do. I will heal them. And Mm. I realized, you know, that's exactly, it was no different than what I saw my mother praying. Uh, These people, God is not limited. He can heal mental illness. Yes. It's not just bones and, you know, joints and things (laughs) and diseases. He He could set the captive free. He could heal the brokenhearted. He can open the prison door of people that are trapped in addictions and, you know, all of yes. that. 
And so I went back to the hospital, kind of equipped with this, you know, armed with this verse. And I started Mm. praying really actively for my patients. And I didn't back down from talking, you know, about prayer and about God. And and my patients started getting well. And (laughs) it, it was abnormal. I hate to say that, but it was abnormal for that many people to get well. Yes. And so I got, I was called in um, by the <laughs> leadership there that, and they said, what are you doing? You know, your patients are getting well. And I was so afraid to say that I was praying because I knew there was no one there that was like a kindred spirit that would go, oh, good. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I said, I'm, I'm, pray- I'm just simply praying for them. And I remember the head psychologist, he almost rose out of his chair. He said, you're not praying with him, are you? And kind of left that hanging in the air. And I said, oh, no, no. I said, I I don't even know how to pray with someone. You know, Uh I wouldn't know how to begin. But I, I just thought he was a lovely, lovely Jewish man of faith. And... He, he didn't know how to respond. He said, well, you can't do that here. And just we'll talk about it again. And But don't do that. Don't do that. And I thought, how could wow. I not do that? Because I saw people set free. Yes. And so that's when I started praying. And I stayed a while longer. But that's when the Lord led me to, to move to Jerusalem. And open a house of prayer um, you know, so I could pray with people. Right, right, where you would have that freedom. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and I think our listeners would love to hear about that, Judith, that your your journey, you know, to Israel, to Jerusalem, and your ministry there, and, and then that really amazing experience of the Holy Spirit that you had that was... Uh, far above what you had experienced to date. So, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I think they would love to hear about that if you, want to, if you want to start sharing on that. I'd love to. Yeah, that's such a precious time in my life. Uh, I went from that very clinical setting to, to a community of faith uh, there in Jerusalem. It took me a while to kind of meet the other Christians, but there was a strong community of faith. And the Lord uh, directed us uh, shortly after I got there. Of course, I had this huge interest in healing to to a small group of people that had felt they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which at that point, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about. But the language and everything, I didn't quite understand uh, what that meant. Because not many people, uh, when I was growing up, talked about or taught on the Holy Spirit. You know, uh-huh. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but not a lot was taught on the Holy Spirit. So it was kind of a vague concept in some ways. Yes. But anyway, I I got in this this group. I know Father Francis Martin was in that, and just uh, Dr. Robert Lindsay, who was pastor of Narcius Baptist Church, and. There's a, a psychologist that's a friend of mine moved to Israel with me. She was working in the hospital in Boston with me, and she felt led to go with me. So we 
established this, uh, this kind of a long story how we got it, but I won't go into that, but it was called Jerusalem House. And it was owned by the Southern Baptists, but they wanted it to be a place of ministry. The missionaries there did. And they just gave it to us, not they didn't sign over the deed, but, you know, they let us use it uh, for free. And it, it's interesting. It was uh, in kind of an, a Mendelbaum Gate area, is what it was called, of Jerusalem. And the interesting thing is, you know, it's so segregated, the Arabs and the Jews. And this was in an area which is kind of no man's land. So Arabs would feel free to come there, and so would Jews and then international travelers. And it's still there today, functioning as Jerusalem House. It's, it's not like it was when we were running it. Uh-huh. But it, it is, they have a chapel in it, and I'm not sure what all they do, but several of my friends have gone there recently, and it's there. But anyway, we opened it, and we literally opened it like 8 in the morning and went till like midnight. You know, we were in our 20s, and we, we had a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do that today as much, but we we did everything. We had Bible studies. We gave free free food. We saw the food multiplied many times uh, to feed people that came. Uh, we would have two pots of soup, and it would end up feeding a hundred people, which was impossible. Oh, it my just gosh. Yeah. it just never ran out. It just wow. we had a Bunsen burner, and we didn't even have a stove and. We would feed the hungry, and the food would multiply. Wow. So we saw such great miracles there. Uh, being in that land is such an experience. But that's where I encountered people that had phenomenal faith. And the Floride, uh, you know, the older lady that was a missionary, she just took me under wing and taught me so much. She was an American that was a missionary there for like 50 years. And you, just extraordinary men of God and women of God that came alongside us. Yes. So we, I, we had a great time. <laughs> yes, yes. And our listeners will be anxious to hear more about Floride uh, when we come back. So hey, mm. stay, stay with us and we'll be back with more of how the Holy Spirit has influenced Judith's life and its direction. So stay here with us at Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org.
Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. One of the region's most recognized holiday traditions, Christmas at the Cathedral presents Be Born in Me, featuring Shane McConnell, Shelley Jennings, music director Dan Goler, and actress Apollonia Davalos. Six productions, December 16th through the 19th at the Cathedral of St. Joseph. Get your tickets today at all Sioux Falls Hy-Vee locations or online at ccfesd.org. Don't miss this inspiring Christmas celebration, Christmas at the Cathedral. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and we're here fanning the flames today with Judith McNutt. Um, of Christian Healing Ministries fame. And Judith, you were just about to share with us a really significant encounter that you had when you were in Jerusalem with a woman whose name was Floride. So I know our listeners would love to hear more Mm -hmm. about that. Well, she was a remarkable person. She was uh, quite, you know, quite a bit older, which looks really young now from my perspective, but at the then I thought she was older, but she'd been a missionary there, like I said, for about 50 years, and what I would call someone, you know, she she didn't have a building, she didn't have anything, she'd just go out and reach out to young people and soldiers and just anyone. She spent our, her days walking around Jerusalem witnessing to the love of God, and she uh, I actually met her on my first trip to Israel, and then when I moved there, uh, she became my mentor, you know, to really train me. But uh, it's kind of, a, your listeners might enjoy this story, kind of on the divine providence of God. And I was I was backpacking, you know, uh, traveling around, and she walked up to me outside Jaffa Gate, which is one of the gates going into the old city of Jerusalem. And I'll never forget it. She said she told me to put my backpack down, and my backpack was very heavy. I always had to put it on something and then kind of put it on my shoulders, back into it. You know, Judith, I I totally understand that, having done the Camino in Spain. I I remember those those days of finding something to prop the backpack up on. Yes, couldn't manage it from the ground, and I was quite a bit younger, also. (laughs) So I can picture that very vividly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you understand because some people are like, "Wow!" But you know, it was it was fifty or sixty pounds. Everything I owned was in it. 
And so anyway, she said she just kept insisting for some reason that I put it on the ground. She wanted to pray with me. She just felt the Holy Spirit say, pray with that young woman. So finally, I, I and I knew she couldn't help me put it back on because she was older. So anyway, I finally took it off. She laid hands on me right there in front of, I mean, donkeys were walking by, camels. <laughs> it was it, it was just old city of Jerusalem, you know. And they were all looking at us. And I'm, I, I may not sound like it, but I am an introvert. And I was like, this is, this is a little too public, you know, or <laughs> intimate or private. And, uh, but when she prayed, boy, did I feel the power of God. Just extraordinary. So then she said, now pick up your backpack. And I was looking around, is there a strong person? And she said, no, go ahead and get it. And I picked it up and I literally flipped it above my head because <laughs> I, I picked it up and she started laughing and it weighed like five pounds and I just thought now that I know more about angels I think an angel really picked it up <laughs> I just think an angel picked it up and put it on my shoulder well the the very next she invited me to go to the garden tomb a beautiful place where it has the tomb you know yes. and there's couple of places but anyway i went and she was there but i was sitting between she was sitting up at the front i i was sitting between two women that and this was of course this powerful moment in my life that i treasure that their faces kathleen were brilliant they they Mm. looked like a light had been turned on inside them and yes. their eyes just shone with the love of God, and they, they had this peace, this tranquility about them. And at the end of this service, I, I couldn't take my eyes off of them. I couldn't even tell you what the, the man that was talking said. And at the end of it, one of them looked at me and said, do you know Jesus? And I instantly knew. See, I had such a hunger for more of God. That's what took me to Israel. Yes. I just, I, I wanted more. I wanted, I, I wanted what I read in the scriptures. I wanted that level of, you know, Paul and all of Peter. And, and when I looked at them and she said, you know, Jesus, I said, I know all about him. But I said, I don't know him like you know him. Mm. And, and she said, do you want to? And I said, yes. And she you didn't said, Maybe hesitate. Absolutely not. Yes. Yeah. And she, she said, may we pray with you? And I, I said, yes. Well, I thought it was going to be a nice little introverted prayer again. Like they would lay hands on me and we were sitting in, outside the tomb there. And they called over their friends and it was 40 people <laughs> on a tour bus. And I just... I saw these people running towards me because they said, she said, this young woman wants to know more of God and, you know, come and help us pray. And I just was so sorry that I had asked because, you know, these people were just rushing over. <laughs> and this, this is kind of the humorous part. I submitted and I just bowed my head and we were standing and all these people were trying to reach and lay hands on each other and on me. And they started praying, and, you know, you talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
the last thing I remember thinking was these people from, are from all different countries because they were all praying in their prayer language, but I didn't know that. Uh-huh. I, I thought it was languages from other countries. And, you know, it's a beautiful yeah. gift of the Holy Spirit, their prayer language. And that's when I had the experience where I was lifted. It's still hard to put it into words. I was lifted into another, like the heavenly somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I heard this voice. And none of those people knew my name. It was a very deep, resonant, beautiful, loving voice that said my name. It said Judah. And I heard myself saying, yes, Lord. I, I knew immediately it was the Lord. And he said, I love you. I have always loved you. You are mine. And I get scary just talking yes. about that because it was so precious. It was so uh, unexpected. And then mm-hmm. I felt this something being poured out on my head. It was like, I've I've come to call it liquid love. Uh Uh I don't have words for it. Uh, And it just came over my head and my shoulders and my entire being. And those people, when they, uh, I was somewhere else, so they left. I mean, they just left the garden (laughs) tent and they left me. (laughs) I, I opened my eyes. I think about an hour later. I'm not sure the exact time frame. But someone saw me and said that the light light of Christ was all around me. Mm. So that person, not knowing that Floride had been praying for me since that encounter at Jaffa Gate, uh-huh. they went running to find her. She had left the garden tomb and was walking into the old city, and they found her, and they brought her back. They said, you've got to come and see this young woman. It was like the glory is all around her. And Floride walked in, and just at that moment, I looked up, and our eyes met, and she dropped everything. She was always carrying Bibles and tracts and all this stuff to give away. Uh She just just dropped everything and lifted her hands to heaven and Mm -hmm. said, Thank you, Holy Spirit, for hearing my prayers. And she took me that day. I remember we went out to Hadassah University, and Hebrew University, some people call it, and we sat under a tree, and she showed me every scripture on the Holy Spirit in the New Testament and helped me understand that that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and some people call it the release of the Holy Spirit. But my life changed forever that day, and... The one thing, aside from empowering the ministry, I've never felt the Lord's absence. Mm -hmm. I have always felt His presence with me, even when I go through really terrible times. I like losing my husband and things. His presence has never left me. And I knew Jesus before that and God, but that baptism in the Holy Spirit changed everything, just everything. 
That is so that's my Jerusalem story. Well, and it's such an amazing story, Judith. It 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 again. I have heard I it a few times, and I'm still moved yes. when I hear it. But that's yes. those things of the Lord do that to us. I mean, it's so mm-hmm. incredible. We don't even have words that no, we can no use. Yeah, to frame it mm. because. Yeah, it just, I mean, his understanding, it, he's so far above us. It's just oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, and it's, she, super, it's supernatural, yes. and we're not used to moving in that realm. Right. Um, uh, and you're yeah. meeting... Your meeting with Floride was also very impactful because she became a lifelong mentor for you and a lifelong she did. friend. She really, yeah, yes, a spiritual mother. You know, I, I, I always tell people to pray that God will bring these spiritual mothers and fathers, and especially the mother and father, into your life to, to, to really love and raise you up in the faith. You know, and she became that. She was such a, a loving woman, and by then I had lost my mother, so uh-huh. she just really stepped into a place that was empty, yes. you know, and, and just loved me and my friend Lynn, both of us, Yeah, and, and taught us, she taught us what we needed to be learning at that stage. It was, uh, she was a great gift, just a great gift. Yeah. Amazing provision yeah. that the Lord had through her. Um, that's yeah. yeah, that that is really, really beautiful. Um, mentors in our lives, these dear yeah. friends play such an important role in our growth and, and and just in our joy, I think. Yeah. So we are going to go to break right now and uh, stay with us. We will be back with Judith McNutt and hear more about how she uh, grew in the Holy Spirit uh, following this time in Israel. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit, Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. 
Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here on the first Friday in December, and we are fanning the flames of the Holy Spirit with Judith McNutt from Christian Healing Ministries. Uh, We're going to talk right now a little bit more about how we all grow in the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. So I want to share with you to start this segment out uh, my experience of Judith as a teacher. Um, I'm a teacher myself and have taught for many years. And I have to kind of confess here that I can be a little critical of other teachers. Uh, I, I kind of <laughs> sit back and evaluate them. Do you do that too, Judith? <laughs> Yes, Pro- probably not. No, we're always we're always kind of, yes. yeah we're always trying to kind of grow our teaching gifts, and so I love watching people mm-hmm. who are very gifted in this. So when mm-hmm. I went to interview uh, Judith for my doctoral dissertation, we did quite an in-depth interview, and I assumed that she had the. I actually assume that she had a natural gift of teaching that then the Holy Spirit inspired for a charism of teaching. Um, And yet what I discovered, or what Judith shared with me, is that teaching was not a natural for her. So Judith, do you want to share a little bit about that? Oh gosh, yeah. I remember early on, uh, I was... Well, I came from I came from a family of teachers. Like my brother just retired from teaching, my mother was a teacher. You know, so and one of the things I've said early on in life is I will never be a teacher because I'm not comfortable. And you know, my mother looked at me and smiled and said, "We'll see." And I said, "No, I'm going to be a psychologist." You know, I'm not going to teach. And so I look back on that now and I laugh because I. Early on, uh, people, well, not early, early, but after college and after returning to America, my I started getting invited to teach in Christian, you know, St. Cecilia's Catholic Church where I was going and Clearwater. Different, different, just wanted me to teach. And I'm like, I'm not a teacher. I kept telling everyone I'm not a teacher. <laughs> and they said, you are a teacher. But it really took, I worked with Father Brennan Manning and different people before Francis and I married. And I remember when Francis heard me teach the first time, he came up and he said, you are a teacher. He said that was, but I realized, Kathleen, that it really was the Holy Spirit gifting me with that. Yes. Because my choice would have been to be in a, a therapy room with one person or a couple or a family, you know, talking one-on-one with them. 
not up in front of thousands of people teaching. <laughs> that was I had no desire to do that. And, and you and never envisioned what you're doing today. <laughs> never, never, never. And, you know, I've spoken in front of thousands of people now. And I've had so many people come up, like you said, and say, you know, you're such an excellent communicator. Well, then uh, there was... We were speaking at this big conference in California. There was 10,000 people there. Oh, wow. And there was an editor from ba- Chosen Book, Baker Book. It's a Christian publishing company. Uh-huh. And she came up to me after my talk, uh, and she said, you will be an excellent writer. And I said, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, I am not a writer. I, I am not a writer. It takes me forever to write a letter. You know, a report. I had to dictate my reports on my patients in Boston because I just yes. didn't want to write. <laughs> and uh, they gave me a phone that I could dictate down to medical records, you know. Yes. And so anyway, when she said that, she said, to, to be a writer, you just have to have a gift of communication. And you have that. Well, uh-huh. I was eventually talked into to writing by my husband, who's an excellent writer, And he said, it's just like talking to you. He said, Mm. it's natural. You know, he said, just please continue writing. And, of course, you know, I wanted to to do what God wanted me to do. Yes. But I had to have a lot of encouragement. And I believe people listening, there's so many people in the body of Christ that have great gifts and they don't know it. Yes. And one of my joys is helping people discover the gifts that they have and, and drawing those out so they, number one, move in their identity, their God-given identity yes. and destiny. But then, number two, to, to really bless and, and grow the kingdom of God on earth, as Jesus commanded us to do. Yes. So gifting is very important, very important. Yes, we, we don't want all those gifts sitting under the Christmas tree um, unwrapped, right. do we? <laughs> unwrapped. <laughs> unwrapped, just sitting there looking pretty. Right. <laughs> yes. You know, when I pray with people, it's interesting you use that. Uh, when I pray with people, I'll invite people to come up if they want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit yes. at our conferences. Yes. And they come up, and they're just standing there with their hands in their pockets or, you know, just behind them or something. And I always have them hold their hands out. And I say, I'm going to put a gift in your hand, you know. And it's wrapped up beautifully. It's a beautiful gift. And what are you going to do with it? And, of course, they say, well, unwrap it. You know, and I'll say, well, uh-huh. that's it. You have to meet meet God in that gifting. Yes. You have to be willing to take a step, if he says pray for someone, they're suffering, you have to be willing to, to do that because God is yes. always willing. Yes, we, yeah. we just need to get our stuff out of the way sometimes, don't we? To get yes. in tune with him. Yes. Yes. You know, it's interesting, Kathleen, I, I know you probably know this, but where it talks about the, the gifts as we call them, of the Holy Spirit in First Corinthians. Yes. It talks about the gifts. And, of course, love is the greatest gift. But it right. talks about uh, 
healing and prophecy and discernment and all of that. And the, 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 the understanding should be the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I, I, the only one that's listed as gifts is healing, and it's plural. It's gifts of healing. Oh, and the rest uh-huh. of them are like manifestations. So oh, yeah. I, I try to encourage people. The Holy Spirit will manifest through you the gifts that he wants to use to reach someone who's hurting. Yes. And that's, yes. that's what we train our prayer ministers. The Holy Spirit is in you, and the Holy Spirit will manifest, will do whatever needs to be done to help this person. So yeah. it's not like I possess a gift. It's the Holy Spirit that's the greatest right. gift. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, does that work with in partnership with us in a way? Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, since yes. we're talking about gifts, and I know you have so many, Judith, but since our focus today oh. is on the charism of giving, do you have any stories about people who um, have given to your ministry or people that you have seen that um, is, you know, that have uh, manifest that um, that charism of giving? Yes. You know, our, our entire ministry... Uh, the, most of our prayer ministry, the, the training we, we charge for, but the rest of it, we survive on donations. I mean, we've been going 40 years now with God's provision, and it, some gifts are small and some are large. But last summer, this is kind of an interesting gift. You know, uh, a board member called me, and we have a wonderful board of directors, but he called me. He's a businessman, and he was very worried about covid and that uh-huh. we had to close, and people wouldn't be able to come and buy in the bookstore. You know, that's one of the sources of revenue we have. And he yes. said, "You won't, you won't, I won't be traveling, so I wouldn't have the speaking stipends. And he listed all of these reasons we were going to have financial difficulty during COVID. And I just kept hearing the Lord say, this is not going to be a problem. I'm going to take care of you. So finally, I, I said, and I don't remember saying this. He told me what I said. I was just kind of speaking in faith. I said, well, I did believe it was not going to be a problem. So I said, this is not going to be a problem. I yeah. said, God is going to touch one person to give this amount. And I said the amount, and it was down to some pennies even. And he said, wow, that would be a great gift. And I said, well, let's just pray. And within a month, that exact amount of money was sent by one person. And it carried us through the rest of the year. It was the biggest gift we'd ever received. Oh, my goodness. And we didn't have to lay, we didn't have to lay anyone off. You know, so many ministries had to lay like two-thirds of their ministry off. We didn't have to lay one person off. Wow. We paid everybody's salaries. And it was one person's that heard God and sent that check-in that kept us going. That, that and I is just, amazing. I know that. <laughs> the board member called me and he said, I was wrong. <laughs> he said, I was wrong. <laughs> and I said, well, you were just concerned. You were a concerned yes. board member and you're a businessman and you're, you wanted to do something to help. And he said, please forgive me. And I said, there's nothing to forgive. You know, I hit those places like... 
oh, Lord, how am I going to pay this? How am I going to pay that? We just have to trust that God will will work in that situation and provide. He's a great provider. Yes, he is. Judith, um, on that note, I just have to thank you so much for being here with us today. It's been so inspirational to hear those stories of how the Holy Spirit has moved in your life. So thank you so much. And listeners... Oh, I love being with you. (laughs) Listeners, look up Christian Healing Ministries. Uh, They have marvelous uh, training available and resources. So thank you so much, Judith. Oh, you're welcome, Kathleen. God bless you and everyone listening. Uh, bless you. Up next, we, you. we will have Rhonda Piercy here uh, to talk with us soon. Mm-hmm.